All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. But I love knowing that you're not going to get something that's doused with anything, and I love the professionalism from the people working there. Yeah. Like, you never you never come across someone who's in a bad mood or, like, <laughs> a crappy employee working at a dispensary. They're all super passionate. Right. And being, like, the most helpful. And you don't have to invite this person over for a 25-minute hang. That's right. <laughs> I used to, I, I have a friend who's actually visiting right now who used a Domino's guy. Yeah. It was a Domino's delivery guy. He's like, man, it's so easy. You can just, I'm doing his accent. He's like, man, it's so easy. You can just call him up. Oh, I think a and, lot of pizza delivery people sell weed. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he takes debit. I'm like, that's not attra- appealing that's, to me. That's stupid. That, that's leaving a paper trail. I have friends who have like ordered it on the internet. And I'm like, I don't want to, I wouldn't want a paper trail on it. It's not, it's not for me. I don't even know if I'm going to embrace it when it's legal. Cause it's just, it was never my cup of tea. I kind of feel the same way, but I'm happy about it for people. I feel the same way, but I think people think that I'm a heavier weed user than I am. Really? Yeah. Like, Why do you I, think that is? I don't know. I like, maybe you don't have the vibe of someone who is. You don't think so? Okay. Good. No. Good. I'm a little more uptight than that. Yeah, you're definitely a little uptight. Yeah. 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 I know. <laughs> if I... Well, maybe I will embrace it then. I think you should. Maybe this is what I need. It's, well, it'll be allowed. Maybe this is what we both need. Let's do a week where we just oh, talk. No. <laughs> smoke every no, night. No, look. I I had my first panic attack on the radio. It was like two years ago. Right. And I don't need more of that shit to okay, happen. Okay, sure. It's Fair. not fun. Fair. We have so That's much- why there's a, a terrific indica that I can get you into or a sativa. I don't know how they work. Indica is the one that mellows you. Oh, really? And it's... I know that because it's your Indica couch. Uh, okay, that's, that's how you learned it. <laughs> that's how I remembered it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, we sound like such noobs. I know. We have so much stuff to talk about. We shouldn't be wasting. Let's our time. just switch the format of the podcast next week to like a <laughs> weed culture podcast. <laughs> Are we going to be able to do a podcast next week? Because you're going to a wedding this weekend. Yes. Uh, my I'm back on Monday. Okay. Because yeah. next. Next week will be the last podcast we record in this room. Oh, are you going to be able to because you're about to move out? Next week will be fine. Sure. I move in 14 days. The following week, we'll have to take a recess. Okay, cool. But anyway, we'll get to that. Then. That's fine. We got a bunch of stuff we got to rattle through. I think we should start with the Emmy nominations, which came out uh, like six days ago. So we shouldn't uh, labor on it too long. Right. But it's important to bring it up. Uh, nominations came out. Outstanding comedy series include Atlanta, Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Glow, eh. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, eh. Silicon Valley, yeah, it's over not it. Win. Uh, Kimmy Schmidt, over it. Not win. And Blackish, it, that's that's it, like a pandering. It, it thing, belongs right? to Barry. It, it belongs to Barry. Is Barry nominated in several things? Is oh, Bill yeah. Hader going to win Best Actor? Is that going to be the whole thing? It's this not. Year? It's not in the bag. And and part of the problem is that uh, Bill Hader slash Barry yeah. is up against so many instances of Donald Glover slash Atlanta. Right. And that's I'm gonna be tough. Big fans of both of those people. Yep. Yeah. So I, I don't really know. I, I liked the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I watched two of them. I don't think it earns its comedy status. Same with Glow. I think those are dramas with right. lots of humor. But you watched all of Glow, haven't you? Love Glow. Yeah. It's just not a straight comedy. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Outstanding drama series, The Americans, The Crown, Game of Thrones, which I didn't even think had a season this year. Uh, The Handmaid's Tale, Stranger Things, This Is Us, and Westworld. It's going to go to The Handmaid's Tale. Mm -hmm. This is the problem with the Emmys and the Golden Globes is they're more predictable even than the Oscars. Right. Lead actor in a limited series or movie. Okay, this is kind of the the weeds a little bit. Antonio Banderas for Picasso, Darren Criss for The Assassination of Gianni Versace. Ugh. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Patrick Melrose. Nice. I, I still haven't watched any more episodes of that. Want to. Jeff Daniels, The Looming Tower, John Legend for Jesus Christ Superstar, which puts him in the running to be the 13th ever EGOT winner. Oh, so he's just missing uh, Emmy. an Emmy? Yeah, and now he has the nomination. Uh, what was the Oscar for? Uh, for uh, Glory, the song from the Selma movie. Man, what was the Tony for? I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Man. 13th EGOT winner, John Legend. He'd be like the most notable one. Yeah, he'd definitely be up there. Uh, who's the front runner for that category? Probably Darren Chris, right? I don't know. Um, he was really good. Yeah. He was pretty creepy. He's a pain in the ass on these Hollywood roundtables I always watch. Oh, really? He never shuts the hell up. 
Uh, is he very pretentious? Yes. Or is, oh, okay. Yeah, there's a great uh, roundtable with him and Marin and David Harbour from Stranger Things, a couple other people. Yeah. And uh, Darren Chris is like bogarting the floor. He's like yeah. talking way too much. And I don't remember what he says... But he says some kind of like broad generalization about what it's like to be an actor. And David Harper was like, I'm going to have to disagree with you. And I'm 20 years older than you. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Really put him in his place. Yeah, he kind of did. What did Darren Chris do? Anything? And everybody laughed. Like yeah. it was it was done in good fun. But it also was like, thank you for saying yeah, that. Yeah, like I'm going to try. I'm surprised Mark Marin didn't say anything. Because he, on the podcast with him and James Franco, kind of like talks about how he completely like dummied Franco in front of a crowd or I think Franco brought yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 I remember what, what Darren Chris had said. He had said that, um, you are born with your characters in you. Oh my God. And you're just waiting for the character to be offered to oh, you. This is so dumb. And David Harbour was like, that's dumb. I've played lots of characters that I didn't have in me. Yeah. And it's I did a job. I didn't wake up a child molester one day. Yeah, and exactly. Like, bring that to the big screen. Yeah. That's the, the weirdest thing is it's the serial killer. Yeah. Guy who's he's he's a serial killer <laughs> and like a, Perverse serial killer. Lead actress in a limited series or movie, Jessica Biel for The Sinner, Laura Dern for The Tale, Michelle Dockery for Godless, Edie Falco, Law and Order True Crimes, Regina King, Seven Seconds. Oh, remember that? Seven Seconds? Yes, and that's Sarah, the only one that I, I know out of that. And Sarah group. Paulson for American Horror Story. Right. Uh, lead actor, comedy series, Anthony Anderson. Is this pandery? That show's not as special as it is lauded, right? Not as special as it was anyway. God. Uh, Ted on. Danson, The Good Place. Yeah, it's he's good in it, yeah. but I mean, again, it's it's a way to get a classic act, uh, yeah. classic like a loved actor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Bill Macy for Shameless, and then Donald Glover and Bill Hader up against each other. Mm. I think they all do a little bit more than Ted Danson. People love Ted Danson on that show, but on the good he's place, really great. But he like, is. it's kind of a different league than Atlanta. Yeah, you know, right? Uh, supporting actor in a comedy series, Brian Tyree Henry for Atlanta. Henry Winkler for Barry, Louis Anderson for Baskets, Alec Baldwin for Saturday Night Live, Tony Shalhoub for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Titus Burgess for Kimmy Schmidt, and the long overdue Kenan Thompson for Saturday Night Live. Oh, nice. Which is a bit of a write-in. Yeah. There was a bit of a a campaign for this to happen. Oh, was there? Yeah. And so normally I would think uh, probably Henry Winkler has a shot. Um, maybe Alec Baldwin who won it last year and now I kind of think Keenan's the front runner for that category really people are everybody kind of realized all at once oh it is crazy that he's never been celebrated for being yeah. the longest tenured SNL cast member of all time mm-hmm. so I, I'm excited about that lead actress in a comedy series Pamela Adlon for Better Things Rachel Brosnahan for Marvelous Allison Janney for Mom that's only because she won an Oscar this year Issa Rae for Insecure, Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish, Lily Tomlin for Grace and Frankie. Don't sleep on Insecure because I think uh, that is a very popular show. We should do a podcast about that. Yeah. It is popular. Yeah. Supporting actress in the comedy, Zazie Beetz for Atlanta. She's good. She's, she's the one in Deadpool? Yeah. Is she in Deadpool? I think yeah. so. Van. Deadpool too. Yeah, she's Van. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She's great. Uh, Lori Metcalf for Roseanne. Betty Gilpin for Glow. She is so good in the second season of Glow. Who's Betty Gilpin? She's the blonde one. Okay, right. The one she's at odds with in the first season. Yeah. AD Bryant for SNL. Interesting. Leslie Jones for SNL. Interesting. Kate McKinnon for SNL. Alex Borstein for Marvelous. Megan Mullally for Will and Grace. What year is it? Yeah. (laughs) Lead actor in a drama series. Any any, uh, predictions? Lead actor in a drama drama series. Okay. We got Bill Hader. No, it's it's comedy. Oh, oh, and a drama series. Yeah. Drama, drama. These are all these are all very sensible picks. Okay, Matthew Reese. Yeah. Um, uh, what else was big drama this year? Uh, You're gonna go. Oh, of course. Anyone from? I'm trying to think of my like top ten of the year. So I got the Americans in there. You like the show? You watched this whole show? So did I. We both watched this whole show. Yeah. Uh, when did it end? Probably six months ago. It was a Netflix show. Oh, oh, uh. Aziz? No. Nope. <laughs> oh, right. That's bad timing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Jason Bateman for Ozark. Right. Uh, Ed Harris for Westworld. Yep. Jeffrey Wright for Westworld. Does he deserve an Emmy nom? Jeffrey Wright. It's the black guy with the beard. The little glasses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. Uh, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us. He won last year. Milo Ventimiglia for This Is Us. And that's sensible. I, I think the supporting actor uh, 
from This Is Us who actually crushed it this year was the other brother who plays Kevin, but he doesn't get nominated. Uh, Wasn't he like the most annoying character for a while? He's pretty pathetic, but the actor did a great job this year. Cool. Yeah. Uh, supporting actor drama, Nicola Coster-Waldo, Game of Thrones, Peter Dinklage, Game of Thrones, is now the most nominated actor in a supporting category in Emmy history, Peter Dinklage. Dinklage, wow. Uh, Mandy Patinkin for Homeland, David Harbour for Stranger Things, Matt Smith for The Crown, and Joseph Fiennes for The Handmaid's Tale. Lead actress in a drama series, Sandra Oh for Killing Eve, Tatiana Matt Slaney for Orphan Black. Woo! Carrie Russell for The Americans, Claire Foy for The Crown, Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale, she's going to win because she always does, and Evan Rachel Wood for Westworld. Interesting. Supporting actress in a drama series, Lena Headey for Game of Thrones, Millie Bobby Brown for Stranger Things. I bet she'll win it. Maybe. Vanessa Kirby for The Crown, Anne Dowd for The Handmaid's Tale, Yvonne Strahovski for The Handmaid's Tale, and Alexis Bledel for The Handmaid's Tale, and Tandy Newton for Westworld. Tandy Newton's a pretty pretty big force. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, Variety and talk series, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Full Frontal with Sam B, Jimmy Kimmel Live, yeah, he was better last year. Uh, last week tonight, John Oliver, The Late Show with James Corden. I think that's bullshit. There's nothing special about no. that show. People know Car- Carpool Karaoke. And that yeah, that's that's such that's such a residual mm-hmm. nomination. And The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Uh, Outstanding limited series, The Alienist, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, Genius, Picasso, Godless, and Patrick Melrose. Those are kind of the big ones. Yeah. yeah. Patrick Melrose is getting a lot of cred. Uh, it got a couple of nominations. That's more than I would have expected because yeah. before we did that podcast, I'd never heard of it. We had before. no idea what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to finish that. Yeah. Doing it. So it's kind of exciting. That's not happening until this fall, and I don't even know who's hosting the Emmys this year. Oh, good question. Was uh, isn't it Colin Yost and it Colin is Jost? it is Jost and and, uh, and Che. Oh, that'd be kind of interesting. Mark Che, the ongoing saga of Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande. Whoa, isn't that getting crazy? This is the. I'm happy that we're 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 gonna look back on this one day and be like, oh man, we really like like chronologize. What's the word I'm looking for? We, we really dated ourselves. No. We, it was like a storied thing that we were able to like mention every week. Yeah. And, oh, I see what you mean. You, you, know you know chronicled it. Chronicle. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. You're pretty close. Uh, on that note, I've been listening to OG episodes of the show show the last okay. week. Oh because, no way! Because this is episode ninety or ninety one. Uh, I can't wait till our hundredth. Well, I was thinking on the hundredth we should probably have like a highlight reel. We should probably yeah. play some some great clips. And so oh, I've had to I go like back it. and like look for clips. <laughs> There's I'm not sorry. There's not that many great clips. It's not that it's bad. I right. actually find myself way more annoying. You're the same, and I'm like really pious and ranty, and and I use five dollar words that I don't need to use. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, but there are a couple of moments where uh, we say some stuff that doesn't hold up over time. Oh, really? Yeah, that doesn't age well. Nice. Yeah. Can you give me just like just one taster for this? Uh, a, a really good one was uh, we're talking about Woody Allen and how like what he's kind of become legacy wise. Yes. And I say, I shit you not. I really hope in a few years there's no reason to look back and hate Louis C.K. <laughs> <laughs> Episode three oh, of the show show. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm so happy that that yeah. is like, historialized it's on the record. That's a, is, yeah, it's chronicled, buddy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Matt, get it together. Why am I drunk? It's okay. Did I show up? Maybe it's a little blood sugar. Maybe we'll it's a little sugar. You can blame it on that. Sure. Yeah. So there's certain <laughs> things that we say. This is kind of like, oh, that sucks. Wow. <laughs> Episode nine. He's gonna have me making up words. Yeah. Perfect. I'll put this in that reel. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay, so what else happened? Yeah, so the Ariana Grande, Pete Davidson, like, he gave her his dad's medal from 9-11. Holy shit. And, like, they have tattoos for each other now. Like, they're super in love, but it just seems like a... I think that's why people are watching it is because it's just like watching a, a train wreck. And I keep saying, when's Lauren Michaels going to be like, Pete, come into my <laughs> office for a second. We got to talk. Can we talk about this? Yeah. I remember no. at Chateau Marmont. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to his desk bit on the first weekend update back yeah, in the summer. That's going to be great. Yeah. That's a really, uh, really good point. Christopher Lloyd wants to play Rick's dad on Rick and Morty. Okay. I like that. That makes sense, right? The character. What is Christopher Lloyd doing? I don't know. Nothing. He's probably retired. He's like 80. Sure. But he's been, like, was he ever really out of retirement after Back to the Future? Uh, I'm sure he's done stuff. Baby geniuses. Did he do Baby Geniuses? He was the Baby Geniuses guy. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. But he definitely came out in full force during uh, Future Day there three years ago. Right. He was there to celebrate those movies, right. and that's what that character is loosely based on, right? Doc Brown. Yeah. 
Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie has officially been greenlit. Okay. And they've got the costume designer from like all of Paul Thomas Anderson's movies. So like Phantom Thread and Boogie Nights he's going to do. And like I, I actually am really excited about this. I think so Joaquin Phoenix is doing a Joker movie? He's going to play a Joker, the Joker in, in the Joker movie. And Jared Leto is also doing this? I think there's still going to be a Jared Leto movie, but people don't care about him. Like, so there's, People don't like Jared Leto in general because he's a pain in the ass. This is going to be a real like Steve Jobs movie? Maybe. Maybe. Plus, we've already seen Jared Leto do the Joker, and that was bad. Yeah. And Joaquin Phoenix is also a pain in the ass, but he only makes excellent movies. It's true. He's at least talented. Yeah. He's also got this movie that he's probably going to be nominated for an Oscar for. Um, Maybe. Like, he, it's a not, Gus Van Zandt he's movie. He's not going to get away on foot or something. Yeah, don't worry. He won't get far on foot. Yeah. Jonah Hill has come out to promote this movie, and Jonah Hill has reemerged to pain in the ass as well. He has, ah. like, tinted sunglasses and earrings. Remember how in This Is The End, the gag was he has diamond studs because he's, like, cartoon Jonah Hill? Yeah. Now he actually has diamond studs <laughs> really? in his ears. And he's just, like, very... Yeah, he's airy fairy and yes. annoying. Yeah, he's very. Uh, he's trying to be like multi-genre. Yes. Um, like you know, I'm hanging out with hip hop guys, but I'm also at this indie show and I'm wearing yep. a tie dye shirt. Yeah. And- Jimmy Kimmel said to him last night, uh, "They're already saying you're going to get nominated for another Oscar." And Jonah was just like, "I have no control over that, but that's very nice." And it was just like, "Oh, you're loving this. Yeah. You want that Oscar so much. Yeah. So much for that film." Yeah, for uh, for the Gus Van Sant film, but he's also written and directed his own movie called Mid Nineties. Oh, wow. that's right up his alley. I think it's like California Skaters in the Mid Nineties. Yep. Uh, cool. Yeah, I'm actually kind of excited about that. I like Eighth that idea. grade, the Bo Burnham movie is crushing. Did you watch it? No, we don't have access to it yet. No, but it it came out in New York and LA last week. I think uh, I missed giving you. I, I I got emailed a thing to get tickets for that oh, movie man. yeah I'm they're sorry. already gone we are getting yeah, it, i think it already happened oh yeah i don't think the movie's played in halifax has it i think just maybe at like a quick premiere okay maybe yeah. it did uh, i definitely want to see it and i think it's going to get a wide release it's got 99 percent on rotten tomatoes mm-hmm. um people are saying it's very it's very heartfelt and so bo's been doing a lot of press right i heard yeah he was on uh bill simmons podcast did you listen that, to that? was really good yeah yeah yeah, he was on. He was on Kimmel too, actually, last night. Yeah, he seemed pretty genuine and not as full of shit as I thought he might. I don't think he's ever full of shit. No, no. I yeah, th- maybe I he's think not. If he has any shortcomings, it's that he's not full enough of shit. Right. He's just like kind of Be a dour, more full of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. Uh, the Zombieland sequel was greenlit out of nowhere. Nobody even knew that this was like circling the drain. All right. The Zombieland sequel is happening. With Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, and Emma Stone, who seems to have been making an effort to like be in the art house movies, even post Oscars, yeah. she's like playing Billie Jean King and shit. Right, and now she's going to be in the Zombieland sequel, which I have to think her people are like, "Don't do that. It's not." She and she just, was like, "No, I want to do that." Movie. The whole the whole fam that they developed there must be really tight. Yeah, wasn't Bill Murray also in Zombieland? I don't know. I think he was. Maybe he was. I didn't see it, but I heard it was fun. Mamma Mia 2 comes out this week. Ugh. Did you know the first Mamma Mia movie is the highest grossing movie of all time in the UK? Beating <laughs> Titanic and Avatar? <laughs> of course I did not know that. <laughs> I just watched it the other night. Okay. Because Becky and I went to see it at Neptune, and that was quite good. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not a good film. No. Very bad movie. Sure. Uh, the new one is called Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. <laughs> I mean, points for that. Yeah, Definitely. They would have been a missed opportunity if they didn't call it that. We well, would Becky be joking said, about Becky it. said they should really call the third one Mamma Mia 3. Why, why? <laughs> okay. That's Becky's joke. Um, so this is going to make a lot of money is what I'm trying to say. The, okay. This weekend, the movie of the week will definitely be Mamma Mia. Here we go again. And it's going to make a shit ton of money. And it's got... Was Pierce Brosnan in the first one? Yes. Okay. He didn't know... He was signing <laughs> he didn't on... didn't know he was in a movie. He didn't know he was signing on to Mamma Mia. His people were just like... There's a movie that they want you for. Your love interest is Meryl Streep, and it shoots in Greece. And he's like, great. Uh-huh. He's like, that's perfect. Amazing. And then he shows up, and he has to sing horribly. Oh, God. He just has to stand there while she sings The Winner Takes It All, and it's I, awkward. I started watching um, The Foreigner with Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. I don't recall. It's <laughs> it's a Netflix movie that was just released within no the No kidding. Last, a like, new movie. Four months, yeah. And... Um, it's like a, I think it's like a Chinese-made film mainly, but it takes place in Ireland. Okay. And Pierce Brosnan is like a former IRA member, 
and there's like a, a resurgence of the IRA that he's not really in charge of. He's sitting in office, but Jackie Chan's daughter gets killed by a resurgent IRA bomb. Okay. And Jackie Chan just goes out for vengeance. And he seems to be killing people that don't necessarily deserve to be killed. Uh, it's like one of those movies where you're like, what about, why is that guy dead? Just like now? a B action movie. Yeah. I actually yeah, think definitely. it's good business to be in a Jackie Chan movie. Like he's not an A-list American celebrity totally. anymore, but I think he's still like the highest grossing movie star of all time. Totally. I think people really respect him. He's very good. And I also, I also think he has a good heart. He's got a great heart. Did we talk about Scarlett Johansson uh, in the controversy over the movie Rub and Tug over her her playing the uh, transgender male? And that was like yes. very controversial. She has dropped out of that movie. No way. She's not going to do she it. She got bullied out. I, uh, I I think that there was no other way. I think it was so, like, this is not going to go well. So there's going to be a transgender person playing that role now? If they do the movie, I think the movie's going to get killed. Right. Because like that is kind of the bummer. I can understand the anger over casting Scarlett Johansson, yep. but now like a hundred people aren't going to have a job. Right. Because who are they going to cast? Right. Right? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, Bill and Ted 3 is having issues. So that movie was previously confirmed. Now it's not confirmed. Oh, it's... <laughs> they can unconfirm they the movie? They unconfirmed it. Wow. Re-conf- they re-unconfirmed. Do they... we know why? Are both no. main actors still on board? I think so. Bill and Ted are still in. Yeah, but like Keanu was like, I don't know if this is going to happen anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So it's not going well at all. The next Spider-Man movie, Tom Holland confirmed, is called Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. Which sounds kind of like Spider-Man Homecoming. They're going right. to play on the home thing. Do you think it's going to take place wherever they are after uh, Infinity Avengers War? 2? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. He is far from home now. I'm far from home. In the afterlife, presumably. I don't know about afterlife. I know, but who knows? He appears to be gone. Hashtag Thanos did it. <laughs> They're going to make a Batgirl show at the CW. Oh, boy. All right. Awful. Uh, it's like Supergirl? I think the same idea, yeah. Right. Yeah. Supergirl. Is, did we do a podcast about Supergirl? We did, right? No, we didn't. So I just watched it on my own? <laughs> I, think you did. I think you did. Oh, Lord. This guy didn't watch it. Uh, it's not good. It's like you don't say. <laughs> she's uh she's really boy crazy in it. And I was like, "Oh, that's antithetical to the point of this show, I think." Right. They had a chance to make like a independent woman yeah. style movie. And she's like clumsy with her papers and she trips and has a meet cute. <laughs> I'm like, all thumbs. Yeah. Oh, who are you, strong-chested boy? No, thank you. <laughs> Walmart is building a streaming service to rival Netflix. Remember when Walmart started selling music like iTunes? No. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yikes. Hey, I won a Google Home. You won a Google Home? And a golf tournament. Oh, great. They're fun, eh? Yeah, they're pretty sweet. Yeah, they're way better than Siri. Oh, my God. A thousand times better. It's actually amazing that Apple can get away with Siri, considering the technology that's apparently available. Yes. Have you had... I don't know, actually, if this is available yet, but I saw a demonstration from Google people. Have you had them uh, make an appointment for you yet? No. It's scary. That will be crazy. It's scary. I'm and calling on behalf of Matt Slaney. Yep. Wondering if you have any availability to take patients this Thursday at 4.15. Oh, people are going to freak out. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it. It's very unsettling. Um, no, the I'm having enough trouble just trying to pair it with my iPhone for uh, like playing music. Ah. But anyway, Oh, I don't whatever. know if it can do that. I know. <laughs> you can add it as a blue, but you can't say... Hey, Google, play right. Cardi B. Right. Is that something you would say? It's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Walking around the house. <laughs> hey, Google, play Cardi B. Come on. <laughs> hey, Google, play Cardi B. Have you heard of this movie, Welcome to Marwin? No. It's a Steve Carell movie. It's based on a real guy, some guy who, uh, I-, I think he was like in the service. Okay. Um, but he was odd and he was, uh, he was a, a targeted and physically attacked and, and beaten within an inch of his life by these like thugs. Okay. And so now he has tremendous brain damage and he copes and he kind of communicates with the world through these dolls. And so he creates these elaborate like war dioramas with action figures. And it's kind of his art that he now contributes to the world. And it's in this fictional land he created called Marwin. And so Steve Carell is playing him in the movie and it looks very good. Wow. Have yeah. you seen a trailer? I saw a trailer. It's it's a Robert Zemeckis movie. Okay. I mean, Robert Zemeckis is great. Totally. Uh, and, and so I was very moved by the style of the movie, and I thought it looked really good. 
there's a scene where he's going through uh, like physical therapy after his attack mm-hmm. and he's like learning to walk again. And the music is the Foo Fighters learning to walk again. Really? And I was like, oh, that's a little on the nose. Yeah. And then I listened to the Rewatchables podcast with Bill Simmons and they were doing Forrest Gump. Yes. And they're talking about how uh, in the running scene, the song is Jackson Brown running on empty and how uh, Robert Zemeckis is famous for using on the nose music drops in his movies. Really? And I just found it funny that I had made that exact same observation like the same day. Wow. It's apparently true. What What do you think they used in flight? Was it like learning to fly? <laughs> no, because he wasn't learning to fly. He was right. quite he was, schooled he in was flying. He was schooled at flying. So yeah. what, what song would that be? I'm drunk while I'm flying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> duck, 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 duck. That lesser known Tom Petty song. Anyway, watch the trailer for Welcome to Marwin. I think it looks really good. Uh, both Matthew Reese and Carrie Russell have cool new gigs. Sweet. Yeah. And they're still together. Yeah. Cool. But not like, not in the same production. No, no. They're still married. Yeah. I like that. Uh, his his is less interesting. He's playing the other person, uh, alongside Tom Hanks in the Mr. Rogers movie. You are my friend. Okay. Cool. So the journalist who befriended Fred Rogers. Decent gig. Carrie Russell is going to be in Star Wars Episode Nine. Whoa, she'd be really good. She's yeah. going to be, um, uh, she's totally going to be the mom of what's her face. No, she's not. I think she's she not is. nearly old enough for that. She's not yeah, old she enough. is. No, she's not old enough for that. Calling it. It's not. Oh, we'll, we'll see on the two hundredth episode if this prediction holds up. Okay. All right. <laughs> this will be in the clip show. <laughs> yeah. Hi, future us. The RCMP have blamed the show Sons of Anarchy for biker gang violence uh, rising in, heard in Nova Scotia. I heard that, especially in Nova Scotia. You want to know why I heard it? It's because it was the Citizen Q question. Yeah, it like, was a big thing today. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, listeners of the radio station, do you think that <laughs> Sons yeah. of Anarchy is to blame for... I'm like, what? How? And you know what's sad? I think it kind of is. <laughs> it might be. I mean, it, it, it. I think the idea is that it glorifies outlaw yeah. gang culture. Yep. Is that right? I don't know. Is there a rise in outlaw biker gangs in Nova Scotia? I didn't know. I don't know if there's any more so, but like... We don't have the Hells Angels anymore. That's got to help the average. Uh, we have like branches that are like the Dartmouth Darksiders and another... Oh God, bleep this out. Uh, <laughs> there's another one too. I'm but, not bleeping that out. But I think they just came from... Fine. I'll die for what I love. Yeah, yeah you're a martyr. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I do think there are more, over the last, like, 10 years, a bunch more gangs have popped up. It just feels like something that's being blown out of proportion. Like, this RCMP well, chief is probably just like, oh, I just said that, like, well, who, yeah, casually, well, and now everyone's turning into an international story. The thing I think about is who's being affected. Like, how often are you like, the the biker gangs have done it again. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a major heist, and the culprits were on motorcycles. Right. Oh, this people, has got the Dartmouth Darksiders written all people, over it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people think it's the foot. Right. Yeah. There's going to be a Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants stage musical. I run out of things to say. I can tell. Yeah. What, 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 is, who's writing it? Is Lin-Manuel Miranda involved? Wouldn't that be something? Could you imagine? He's at like the height of his powers right now. He's on top of the world. They're He's like, King Musical Theater. Hey, Lynn, here's $500 million. <laughs> no, anyone's going to offer him $500 million is going to be Disney. And they probably have done something roughly similar to that. Lynn Memo is putting out a coffee table book as of yesterday. So okay. he does this thing on Twitter where uh, it's called uh, Good Morning, Good Night. And he does these little like pep talks. Okay. So he's like, it, it's really cheesy. But he'll he'll tweet like "Good morning, you are a superstar," and like this little poem about like why you're great and you need to seize your dreams or whatever. Cool. And so they made a coffee book, coffee table book, out of all of his little "Good morning, good night" tweets. Do you think they'll release it on audiobook? No, <laughs> that's the only way I'd get it. <laughs> As if Lin Manuel Miranda was like singing it. What's your current coffee table book? Everybody's got a coffee table book. Um. I don't actually have books on the coffee table. We keep right. all the books in the bookshelf. Right. Gen law. Right. Um, but for a while, it was the TB12 method. Okay. Which is a Tom Brady. Do you ever read book. novels? I've known you for a long time. So, and you have so many of these like, so this is what's happening to your body books. It's, it's so infrequently. Yeah. So infrequently that I want to start reading them again. They're really good. I know. Actually, um, 
that podcast, The Watch, will often like they'll have like a book club. What do they call it? Like the Ride or Die Book Club or something. And um, every month or so, they'll talk about a different book. And sometimes they'll have the author on. And I'm like, wow, I got to get into this. Yeah. Got to get into these fictional stories. I haven't been into one. They're in really quite, quite something. Some time. You want to talk about some fictional stories? Infinite Jest was the last one. That was a big one. That you do big. get points for Infinite Jest. Yeah. yeah. I should get like 10 points. You definitely that. get max points for Infinite Jest. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. That'll tide you over for a year, but you're past a year now. Read a book. Hey, Ryan. Good I'm Lord. A, I'm an idiot. Let's talk about some fiction uh, and some nonfiction. Uh, it's my turn to pick. I guess we'll start with Sharp Objects, which is kind of like the new exciting HBO show. Yes. As of last weekend, starring Amy Adams. That's right. From writer Jillian Flynn, creator of Gone Girl. I will recap the pilot episode of Sharp Objects on Go. All right. And I got you on three, two, one, go. Camille is a reporter for a newspaper. She lives in the big city. Uh, she gets an assignment from her curmudgeonly editor to go to the small town, which she happens to have grown up in, to uh, kind of investigate how the town is reeling after these two teenage girls go missing and are assume, assumed murdered. She goes back to stay with her mom, who she is not on good terms with because her mom is an alcoholic and doesn't really seem to like her very much. She herself has clearly got some uh, some dependencies and is very sad. And we find out in the end she's covered in scars. Yeah. Those scars seem to have been applied with some sharp objects. They say vanish. They say a bunch of words. Yeah, you're right. Her, her bo- She's like lying in the bathtub and you slowly realize in the final frame of the episode that she is covered head to toe with what certainly appear to be self-inflicted scars. Totally. Words carved into her body. Like like shoulder to to toe. Yeah. Shoulder to ankle. Yep. So the overall vibe that I got for this show, and and Jen's a big reader of fiction and read Gone Girl, but didn't read Sharp Objects because uh, she heard it was a little too dark it's the it's Jillian Flynn's first book oh really which I found interesting okay um and after watching the show it's funny because she said okay now I need to watch something happy Mm -hmm. which is fair it's really dour she's so pathetically dour yeah well I mean but she's obviously super tormented by something like you know that in those like flashbacks she was okay you know a, her sister died. Her sister died when they were like teenagers. B, there seems to be a, a large allusion to some sort of sexual either proclivities or which you don't think would be that scarring, but like show your work on that. What 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 do you get that from? Okay, so well her walking into that random shed as a kid. Yes. And all that like hanging meat and pornographic photos on the wall that she like gets off on. Yeah. And like present day gets off on, but then she's also being like chased at one point in like her cheerleading outfit and is kind of like hiding, but also like seems like, all right. Right. You're like, what is going on? And then the mother talking about how she would embarrass her as a child. Like, I don't know if it was a, a combination of, I don't know. I think it's just classic case of she's the daughter who survived and the mother is, is never gotten over the death of her other daughter. Oh, I think it runs deeper than that. Yeah. I think someone is responsible for like traumatizing her psychologically and it's not just the fact that her sister died. Oh, she's traumatized. She has some serious PTSD. She keeps like seeing people uh, up to the point where when, when you see her half sister in the house towards the end of the episode, yeah. I wasn't sure for like a while if this girl was really there. Right. Well, and I was wondering if she was seeing things throughout the episode because it kind of seemed like it was a flashback, like this style that the girls on the roller skates and stuff. What was with the roller skates? It seemed like an old school. I know, but there was flat screen TVs. Yeah, I know. It was weird. It w- The whole thing was a little strange because it even started out with her and her sister running through and it ended up being a dream sequence. Yes. Because she like, peers into the the extra bedroom and there's an Obama Hope poster. Right. But that was actually her apartment. Right, but that's time specific. Yes. Yeah. That, that is time specific. So it's good. You yeah. know, okay, Amy Adams is in the future. She lives now. Or in, yeah. the, in the in the current yeah. present time. But it's hard to exactly know when 
this would have been like i don't well and that's part of the uh, the aesthetic of a small town too you go back to a small town and you like that's still a sawmill you know what right. i mean like yeah. it reminded me a lot in fact of the month i spent living in new glasgow which was towards the end of my time in radio school i did an internship for four weeks yep. in new glasgow at uh, ecfm which was very small town and i'd spent a little bit of time in small towns but this had like the small town vibe to a T it was like sleepy and like yeah. main street still looked like main street. And right. uh, I stayed in like a boarding house, like where you pay per night. Okay. I stayed, I had like a room in a boarding house for, for four weeks in a row. Uh, like on the corner where Amber Kerwin had been abducted like six oh, months earlier. Whoa. Remember that? Yeah. Like I could open my window. I could see the lamppost. I could see the camera that shot that video. Whoa. So that was haunting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so like, did that, you hate it? Yes, I, okay. I hated it. Yeah, yeah, that's accurate. Right. Um, but that's like a small town that kind of looked like this small town. Yeah. Uh, idyllic, but also clearly shrouded in secrecy. Right. And teenage girls are disappearing. Right. Two specifically. One Two of the one of them turns up dead in the episode. One turns up, and that was pretty troubling. And it made me wonder. <laughs> I, it's one of those shows where you're wondering who's real. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't just the stepsister. Right. I was kind of like, is the mom, to, it, did the did she, Amy Adams, cause the mom all this psychological damage as well, where she seems to be pulling out eyelashes? Right. Like, that's like a, a nervous tick. Not like a nervous tick. It's more yeah. like a mental condition. Yeah. But she kind of, like, keeps, for lack of a better term, freaking out. I don't and know. It seems like you have to keep her very calm and... Yeah, you do. I think that's just trauma from her daughter having died. But we don't really know how she died. Except we did see a flashback of the funeral where Amy Adams, Camille, young Camille, is having a total meltdown like at the open casket. And starts like touching her face. Yeah. That girl, you know, she was in um, It. It, yeah. She's the girl from It who uh, Jessica Chastain is playing as a grown-up. And that's funny because people say that all those redheaded uh, 35-year-old actresses look the same. Are kind of similar. Can I have a hot take on Amy Adams? Yeah. Overrated. Of course. Wow. I would, I could picture it maybe two or three years ago saying that. No, I think that was when she was like the most overrated. Like, I think, I think she's good. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I think she's good. I, I she's a good actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's been nominated like five or six times. And she plays the same person every time. She plays this like darkly perplexive kind of sad suppressed what, woman hasn't she wasn't she like the main character in, in enchanted yeah true <laughs> like, but she, she started as kind of like a disney mm, i don't gal. know but started because like she was in doubt right with meryl streep and oh, phil hoffman like oh, okay and the the uh the the movies with um what's his name who did huckabee's an american uh american gangster yeah american gangster. uh what, david what? o russell yeah david o russell yeah uh american hustle is what i'm looking yeah for. Hustle Russell. Uh, she's just kind of big eyes. She's just kind of like demure and mm. suppressed. You think so? Yeah. Huh. I and in she this, was, she's super dark. Did you see the, uh, what was the movie with her and the the aliens? <laughs> Arrival. Actually, Arrival. I didn't see Arrival. You didn't? No. Oh, you got to see it. I know you oh, liked Arrival. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Check yeah. it out. I just thought it was interesting. Kind of interesting in the same way that this show might be interesting. Are you really compelled? Mm, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious, and that's what's going to drive me to probably watch the second episode. Life's pressure. Grow up. That's a stupid line. Yeah, no. I hated how the curmudgeonly uh, detective was also kind of like her caretaker. Yeah, he's like her father figure, but they also spar with each other. I was like, this is a cliche. They spar with each other, but he's like, I love you. Yeah, and like calls to like check in on her. Yeah, that was a, that was a very cliche moment. It's a cliche. I did like that he was like, "You're just like a half good writer." He's not like, "I realize your talent is so good." Yeah, it was like you're you're kind of shitty. It also, also reminded you're an alcoholic. Yeah, it, it also reminded me of the relationship between Zoe Barnes and the editor in House of Cards season. One. Yeah, sure. And and the lighting was the same. In in your um, breakdown of the show, you mentioned that 
uh, she also had some dependency issues. She was a full blown alcoholic. Oh, she's a mess. She's pouring drinks into her water. She's like pouring vodka into Gets her in water. Gets in the car to drive driving. home after yeah. being drunk and falls asleep before she puts the car in gear. Yeah. Yeah, she's a real. Just starts jamming to Zeppelin. Train wreck. What was it about her iPhone and her, her iPod? There's something significant about her, her playlist. Yes. They're like the fact that, like, in the end, she's wearing headphones while she's in the tub. Mm-hmm. There's something important. Maybe it's just like. About music. And you know what I thought was weird? Um, sorry, I, I kind of cut, cut you off. I was kind of done. But the, the stepfather was also, he kind of had an obsession with music. Yeah. I'm like, is there going to be a huge scene where she just, like, like shatters the windows with like an epic Guns N' Roses song in there or something. Maybe. Did you notice when he was sitting at the the breakfast nook, he was stabbing his grapefruit with a needle? Oh no! And I was like, I was I was very careful. Was, That's not right. A, but it was kind of like a, a central shot, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He was almost like it was like a specific tool for it. I guess. But I was like, oh, that's a sharp object. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. So. uh Episode titles for the first eight episodes of this series, which are presumably the entire series. This already feels like a miniseries that's exhausted its source material, and they're definitely going to stretch it into a second season. Yeah. Uh, The eight episode titles are Milk, Falling, Cherry, Closer, Ripe, Fix, Dirt, and Vanish. Right. Not in that order. No, in descending order. Okay. Sounds to me like those are the words that are carved on her body. Yes. Is that fair? Yeah. Vanish was the, was that Vanish was the first episode? Yes. And you, it, it's revealed at the end of the episode that Vanish is and on her. And why? Who knows? Is there a supernatural element to it? So, oh, no way. No? No, I don't think so. Uh, so it's, uh, can you say those again? Vanish, dirt, fix, ripe, closer, cherry, falling, milk. Wow. I mean, vanish makes sense. Yes, it does. Actually, does it? Does it I, make sense that she carved vanish into like she doesn't know that? No, it doesn't. She's gonna be covering no stories about abducted. No, children. but maybe her sister vanished before she was found dead. Oh, maybe. <sighs> Astute, but she was sick. I don't. That's know, why you man. think she just like yeah. I don't know. And why does she touch her face? I don't know. I don't know. That's why that's intrigue for me. Gillian Flynn is kind of on top of the world. She's kind of she probably can't believe how lucky she's gotten the last couple of years. Although she didn't get nominated for an Oscar. Gillian she, Flynn. So she wrote Gone Girl. Okay. Right. She wrote the screenplay for Gone Girl. Yeah. Which is cool. That doesn't always happen. No. And she probably should have been nominated for best adapted screenplay that year. And did you watch Gone Girl? No, I know what happened in Gone Girl. Oh, man, it was so good. No, but I know what happened with Neil Patrick Harris, right. and I know I couldn't handle that. Oh, sure, yeah. It's just an intense movie. Yeah, and I know the story, and the story sounds really cool. It was a very cool. Yeah. Like, and it I, was one of those movies that I, I walked out of thinking, like, I still remember watching the movie in the theater. David Fincher have anything to do with this show? Because he did the movie, and I just mentioned House of Cards in the first season of that was she. <sighs> uh, I don't know if it, if he did. Okay. I didn't. I didn't specifically see David I don't Fincher think in did, the yeah. title sequence. Hmm. Interesting. I, I. I'm not gonna give it my ass. No. So far, no. I'm giving it my ass. And I think Amy Adams broke it for me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know the disdain you had for Amy Adams. <laughs> no, I don't have disdain for her. It's just I didn't like realize a, how much you hate redheads. They're man. throwing a lot at us. You know what's weird? Uh, she's in the woods, and you see Chris Messina. And yes. I was like, oh look who it is, and Becky was like, uh, Dylan McDermott. And I was like, no. And she's like, are you sure that wasn't the dad from Miracle on 34th Street? And I was like, that's funny. <laughs> no, it was Chris Messina. And then 20 seconds later, Elizabeth Perkins is on screen, who was the mom from Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, really? It was the weirdest coincidence. Huh. Yeah. Crazy. The latest Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, the 1994 right. one. Right, right. Yeah. I never saw that. Oh, really? It's one of my faves. Really? Yeah. Watching next Christmas. Great. I think Jen likes it. All right, let's move on to the other one. Okay. Which is very similar to Sharp Objects. <laughs> it's not similar. Um, you can recap the pilot. Are you ready? I just need to remember the name. Fill the 30 seconds. Don't just be like, oh, he does some wacky stuff. The end. I will. Okay. The episode, the show is called We Are, Who, are, Who is America? Who is America? <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen's new show on Showtime. You may begin the recap of the pilot episode, which aired on Sunday in three, two, one, go. 
So Sasha Baron Cohen is uh, reinvigorating his career as a character interviewer, um, which was popularized with Ali G in this particular season he's got four uh, or this particular episode he's got four characters that he goes through the first is kind of a republican guy who's interviewing um bernie sanders about uh the one percent in healthcare. uh then he goes into gun control uh, at the end uh as a french person uh, yeah there's a lot of gun stuff in it there's a lot of gun stuff in it okay so i'll elaborate a little bit sure. further he also does a character um who is a recent uh, jail? Okay, so in order. Oh, that one was so insane. That one was insane. So was the really the the first and last one were maybe the least cringeworthy. Yeah, uh, surprisingly, I think, I think the most insane ones were the art guy who who makes uh, artwork out of feces and semen. Yes, he was he was discovered by a guard and gets a lady on the wall. gets the curator to give him a pubic hair. Yes, multiple pubic hair, and she's totally okay with it. Like, what does this lady think watching this show? She, she definitely knows who Sasha Baron Cohen is. She does. She's like she has so drank the Kool Aid of art is art. And like she is so, and her her like, I was like thinking that the show did a couple of things. So in Bernie Sanders and the Bernie Sanders segment in the first episode, where dude is obese and on the scooter and yeah. saying, you know, Obamacare, Obamacare hurt me, yeah, because uh, I, I made an appointment with a doctor and he told me that I have two types of diabetes and obese legs. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, like he would have been fine without it and claims like, why don't you just put the rest of America in the 1%? I actually think to... that first one was the most believable. The first like, one was the most believable. Like, I believe there are people out there who are like that, but it wasn't doing anything to, to torture the, right. the life of Bernie Sanders. It was a little bit more respectful. Totally safe. And I even thought the second one where he plays the NPR, like he was embarrassing himself. Where he plays the, yeah. you know, super left wing. That's the other one I thought that was too far. I was like, how are they buying this? But you're right. Yeah. That, I found that kind of it interesting. It was kind of gross. It was like he was, he was satirizing saying. everybody. It was like, okay, fair yeah. game. We got to make fun of libtards now for the lack of right. a better word. Yep. And so he goes into the home of self-professed uh, staunch Republicans who, you know, have their philosophies and were, were Trump supporters. Yep. But they're the voices of reason in this sketch. Totally. Like, yeah. like the wife is saying, okay, don't judge. Don't yeah. judge. Like, we just got to... Like, yeah, being, being, and meanwhile, he's like, I was cuckolded by a dolphin. (laughs) I was like, how is this? That's why we had to move to a landlocked uh, state. (laughs) How, how do they get these interviews? I, well, it's, it's a, it's exactly how the Daily Show does it. It, Like, they disguise the production as something else, right? And people are stoked to be on TV for whatever. Right. And they don't really think about it. And they just believe it. It's very difficult to look at his characters, which are very well done. Yeah. Like like physically. Yeah. It's very difficult to look at them objectively because you know it's Sasha Baron Cohen. Yes. And so you're like, oh, that nose doesn't look real. Right. But if you didn't know it was him, would you know it was him? Especially whereas you're not looking at him through uh, a TV screen, it's in person. Right. Now, there was a story that was going around today of a gun shop owner who one of Sasha's characters came in to, to film a piece with. Yeah. And they were like, get out of here, Borat. Really? Yeah. Wow. They knew it was him. And he just said, and he, I guess, I guess as soon as they said like, you're Borat, he turned and bailed. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to stick around for that. No. He's like, Oh, you got me. It's none of that. Especially in a gun shop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, so that the third sketch was him as the convict. Right. Uh, so he's like a British convict who had just got out of jail after 21 years and was sitting in an art gallery saying that he was caught by a guard spreading his feces on the wall and he was actually making masterpieces. And so he was like saying how he uses his entire bodily functions to create art. Right. Um, and the, yes, the, the lady was a, a great sport yes. and just like saying like, Oh wow. She called yeah, him a genius. Is, yes. Yeah. yeah. She's like, art is everywhere. But she fed such a bullshit line while he was like, okay, I think I'm going to go make some art and right. goes to the washroom. And, uh, she's like, wow, what a 
paradoxical oxymoronic oh, yeah. yep. world oxymoronic like, parax- paradoxical juxtaposition yeah like, oh another x word yes yeah <laughs> that was awesome when yeah. she was just sitting saying that and then he brings out what was it it was like it was supposed to look like a tree i think but it was made of people's pubic hair no, it was and- her he did a picture of her yeah, he did a yeah he did a picture of her. Sorry, yeah. so he went to the washroom, did a picture of her, and she's like, "Wow, that's really good." Like, and then pulls out what what is it? it's like a it's supposed to be it's a paintbrush. It's a paintbrush. Yeah. Oh, made out of pubic. It's hair. Paintbrush made out of pubic hair, and he has oh, one okay. from Banksy, and he has one from like all these different. Right. It's so perturbing. And that, then that one was pretty cringy. The the fourth sketch was kind of kind of the main piece of the show, which and, is about guns. Right, and it was. Very well done. And, like, probably did the best job of really putting uh, insane right-wing gun enthusiasts in their place. Yeah, but the premise is toddlers should be armed with guns. Not teachers. No. Toddlers. Yes. And he gets so many important Republicans to agree with him. Yeah. Right down to this one guy who, like, makes a TV ad with him. Makes a child... a, a child gun PSA. video yeah like a basically like blues clues advocating for guns yeah what do they call them uh uh ch- kindergartians yeah. <laughs> oh, which is a great name it and, is and some of the songs and rhymes like head and shoulders not the toes <laughs> <laughs> like where to shoot mm-hmm. was so funny and it's like uh they dress the guns up as different things like this is a gunny bear and yeah, uh, gunny gunny rabbit, gunny rabbit. Right? Yeah. So there's an upcoming episode where he interviews Sarah Palin. Oh, wow. and I think it's the same character he he used for Bernie Sanders. Okay. Uh, because she complained that she felt violated when she found out it was Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. That he would he would wear uh, military uh, medals and he would pretend to be disabled. This disgusting. And Showtime defended him. They're like, actually, he very explicitly did not pretend to be disabled. He used that. He uses that scooter to conserve his finite energy, right? <laughs> Which is another dig at. Donald and he Trump. does not wear military medals either. Right. So she lied. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't wear military medals. No. And apparently, Bernie Stan- Sanders came out today saying what he thought what he did was funny. Well, Bernie Sanders comes off looking okay in it. Yeah, he, he's he, great. He's just kind of like keeps his cool. And at the end, the last line is. Billy, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Which is so good. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job of making him look okay in it. Um, and again, the Republican family, I thought, looked okay. They really did. Well, yeah. I, that was another thing in the credits where they're like, so what do you think of this guy? And the guy was like, excuse me for being crass, but that was fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do you think of his like f- familial policies? And he's like, they're fucked up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is fascinating. It's It's actually... High time Sasha came back and did something uh, culture commentary based because if you think about what he's had his greatest success with post Ali G, Mm -hmm. of course it was Borat. Which okay. was well, Ali G was kind of mixed. The Ali G show Borat was a character, definitely. But the Bruno movie was Borat was like that's what made him an A list celebrity. Yes. For a time. Remember how big of a cultural phenomenon Borat was? It was huge. Like I still hear people refer to their wife, and I hear my wife in my head. Like, yeah, that still happens. I l- and I love when people still milk it. Like if they're on a podcast and they say uh, "my wife," <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, I, "Oh yes." I have patience for days for my wife. Yes, I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, so that came, of course, as a response to Bush and like, that was very perfectly timed for the zeitgeist. Yeah. And then his two following mockumentaries, Bruno Bruno. and whoever the, the dictator was, I don't know. Oh, oh, that wasn't a character. That was like a, a totally fictional. That was a scripted movie. movie? Yeah, it was a scripted movie. Bruno was a character. Bruno was a character. Yeah. Both of those, just in terms of, uh, how the dictator was the the dictator. Yeah. yeah. The movie. Uh, both of those were not received as well as Borat. I think because they came at a time of peace for liberals. Yes. Yeah, I think so. It was like, oh, we don't really need this. Right. And, and Bruno was a, a little intense, I think. Like Borat came across like bruno like er, he climbed into the asshole of a elephant i think right and was also like anti-semitic so it was hard to yeah but but i guess so so was borat but sasha is jewish yes and that's kind of the the beauty of his whole personality but he um like borat was oddly lovable yeah he was always like very happy and people were okay to get to know him yeah 
Yeah, whereas I think Bruno was a little bit more intimidating for regular. It always Americans. blows me away when I see Sasha out of character and he's like got this very nice British accent. He's like kind of handsome. Right. And he's just like he's he's very smart. There's no question about right. that. But like it's just so it, that's a juxtaposition. Right. And you see how like suave he can be. And he well, he he got his like PhD, didn't he? In, wow. In uh, I think it's like uh Judaic studies or something. So he just kind of ghost dropped this show. Like it was just Which an, is announced incredible. last week. Oh, it was announced last week. Okay. But it's kind of necessary for this show because the the point of it is he's undercover. Right. Now it's going to be even tougher if like Republican senators are on the lookout for characters who might be Sasha Baron right. Cohen. I think he'll probably just have one season of this. Maybe. I think he'll have one season and then do like three blockbusters. It would be amazing, though, if he could build up to, like, a Mike Pence interview or something. Yeah. Unless it's all already been done. I think it's all wrapped at this yeah, point. It so, probably has been. Because people would be on the lookout. They Definitely right now, because it's kind of a big thing. Yeah. It's kind of, like, really caught on. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. I don't know if I can stomach it, but also, like, I like that it's not stunts. It's not, like, Borat in the ring with a, a crazed bull or something. It's right. just, like, really clever that's cringy chatting that's pretty much what the ali g show was like yeah. it was him interviewing politicians and stuff and whoever like you know sex ed specialists and saying like now i know you advocate for condoms but what if uh, you just had a doritos bag <laughs> oh god yeah. it's amazing to me that so many people believe it yeah i know it's it, or, or that people don't just burst out laughing yeah. Or maybe they do a good job of editing that. Well, there was one guy in this episode who was kind of like that. He was like, I think he was a congressman. He's like, you want me to go on television right now and say that toddlers <laughs> should have guns? He was the only Republican congressman in that sketch that made any sense yeah. at all. Well, and then they showed a bunch of Republican congressmen who were happy to say it. Happy to do it. And like, basically, oh my God, what was the whole thing about... Uh, studies show that there's a chemical in the brain called... Blink-182 that goes directly to the Cardi B yeah. and uh, out the Wiz Khalifa. It's oh like a 70-year-old Republican congressman yeah. saying this. It's just so bold to assume he hasn't heard of any of those things. And be totally right. Yep. Do you think they tried it with like every Republican congressman Probably. and just got four? Probably. Uh, they had to have. So funny. It's beautiful. It's, re it's really good. I definitely give it my ass. Yeah. It's, it's R-rated, but not for the reasons Borat is R-rated. It's just very right. adult. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. it's good. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm excited to see more. And I wonder if he keeps the same four characters or nah. if he branches out. Because the Ali G show really was four characters. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. It was Bruno Borat, Dali, Bruno Borat, Ali G, and uh, maybe there's one person I'm forgetting. But How come he never made an Ali G movie? He did. Oh, he did. Yeah. But it just was kind of like a... I remember it in like high school. Okay. Like you could find it. It wasn't, it was, it was maybe released in the UK. Right. It wasn't a big theatrical thing. No. All right. No, but it definitely built up to Borat. Well, are we done? I think we're done. Okay. I guess Will Smith did the hashtag in my feelings challenge. Yes, he did. I was going to talk about this. Okay. Here's why I don't trust Will Smith. Okay. While he does the in my feelings challenge. I don't know if you had something super prepared. Did you? Not at all. Okay. I just Googled it. Okay, you know the In My Feelings Challenge. I mean, I know it's a Drake thing. Started in the last two days. It's a dance craze? It's a dance craze. I don't know if he does something in the video, but he's got this line in the song that starts the song off, and it's like, Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Na, 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 na. Yeah. And people are dancing to it. And mainly they're like getting out of their cars and they're like dancing, sometimes while it's slowly <laughs> moving. Um, For and, people at home, Slaney's subtly doing it. I am kind of dancing yeah. to myself. Um but Will Smith plays the song in Paris and like points the camera over out the window to like the Arc de Triomphe mm -hmm. and just starts like walking up to it and then climbing up. And he's like, this is so illegal. Like, there's no way this can be legal. Meanwhile, he's like taking all these doors and like like staircases and ladders and stuff up to the top okay out the top hatch of the arc de triomphe so he's like standing on the very top of it and ends up saying 
or ends up like doing the dance from up there. Well, obviously there are drones contracted to yeah. to like record all of this. But it's supposed to look like this gorilla thing that he did. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh really? You didn't have the like, the government of France? Yeah. Somebody uh, didn't sign off on this. Yeah. Be like, oh great, come to Paris. Like this is perfect. So is that Will what Smith the In My Feelings challenge is? Climbing a bridge? No. Okay. The In My Feelings challenge is literally just doing like a little dance to the first oh, okay. line of the song. Isn't it interesting though that like after Hotline Bling, he has a bigger viral video dance thing? Yes. It's incredible because it's not uh, like, there's nothing about the song that's that amazing. No, but I think, I think marketers learned that after uh, Gangnam Style. That like right. hypnotic videos mean something. Right. I need to watch the video, yeah. but it's like it's a, like a huge hit now. Yeah, I think it's probably like number one on the Billboard chart. Oh, I think he's as successful as the Beatles officially as of this week. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's insane. It's anyway. So Will Smith did it, I guess. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that's why you don't do, well, don't trust Will no, Smith. No, you're already Will Smith. You don't have to do this for for likes. Also, cool. Yeah, side with Drake. Yeah, that's a real. You're really going out on a limb there. Ugh. Never trust Will Smith. Never. Never.